Where's Ottawa? Oh, I think I know where it is. Ottawa's that away somewhere. Yeah, I've been there before. I got bored to death as well. Welcome to Comfortable Place on the Couch Series 2, a regularly scheduled podcast where two Canadians talk about a band full of Australians. And one New Zealander bassist? Is yeah, that what that's say? right. To Midnight Oil fans all around the world. <laughs> this great circle tour. Yes, this earth and sun and moon. Yeah. There's not enough jokes to put there, so that was a real... That, that wasn't foresight when I was writing that. You were thinking of that very well. It. No, yeah. I wasn't. My name is Darren Folds, and in the coming months, I will be listening to those Midnight Oil songs that didn't make it onto their studio albums. We're talking about B-sides, covers, demos, rarities, and maybe a few other tracks if the fancy strikes me. Joining me each episode is my best friend and fellow Midnight Oil enthusiast, Robin Harbin. Welcome to the couch and the sunroom and the power outage, Mr. Harbin. Yeah, this is amazing. So... We're back out in the sunroom, which we talk about, you know, we are de- we go down to the basement every winter. That's right, for 12 months of the year. For, yeah, for nine months of the yes, year. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And then, this is a weird one, I come over to Darren's, everything's normal, and suddenly the power goes out. We're just about to record the podcast, and click. Yeah. So we're being resourceful, we've both uh, pulled out our, our smartphones, mm-hmm. and here we are talking into our smartphones. So we might sound different than normal, I guess we shall see. I've got a cold. Darren's got a cold, and we're using different microphones, we're using our phone microphones. That's right. Which might not be so good. But we'll but, find out. Yeah, that's right. We've we've done weird stuff before. Yeah, we've, we've stood, at location. The, stood at the foot of a mountain, and that... That didn't sound great. It sounded okay, though. It sounded better than standing outside of First Avenue in Montreal. Yeah, that was really or terrible. Or even in Minneapolis. Or with your really, really cruddy little mic. Yeah, and I think I did it just with my phone at one point. Too. Yeah, you're yeah. trying to make Jim talk into that funny little $1 mic that you had there. <laughs> that worked. You made it sound... Oh, that took a lot of work to clean it acceptable. up. Acceptable. Yeah, anyway. So, Robin, <clears throat> yes. before we start talking about music tonight, which we're doing for the first time in months... Yes. Do we have any business as usual? Business as usual. I can't think. Didn't we catch up on all that in that last we little probably did. in oils chat? Yep. I had uh, one fella, uh, yeah. one friend, Mark S, emailed us after the last podcast oh, went right. out because he was at the Wollongong show. Can can we call it the Gong? Are you allowed to call yep, it the Gong? The gong yep. They're at the show in the Gong. Yep. At, at what's the name? Trudy's. Anita's. Anita's. I, Anita's place. No, I don't think it was Anita's. I, I thought that was another one. Judy's. No. Anyway, at the show in the gong. Yeah, and uh, he got some really nice pictures. Him and his son were there. Yeah. Got to take in the show and got pictures with everybody in the band. Excellent. It looks like it was a really nice time. Oh, and I guess it was after we released the Oils Chat episode mm-hmm. that we got contacted that Lachlan's... Lachlan. Yes. Lachlan's... Mother, right, went to Fairy Meadow School. Yeah, which is the school I mentioned I went to. So yeah. in 1977, I was there. Yeah, and in 1952, does that sound right? I wish I sorry. Sure. Yeah. A- anyway, you know, yeah, it's roughly right. 24, 25 years yeah. before I was there. Yeah, and I was thinking at first, boy, that's that's so much earlier than me yeah and i thought about oh earth sun and moon yeah is now 26 years old time is Tw- passing 26 like years isn't that 
26 years isn't that long when you look at it that way. I see that you've got a nice piece of vinyl in front of you. I sure do. Is that new? I don't remember seeing that well, up close and personal before. Yeah, this is pretty cool. I think our good friend Brian Dunn yes. got this for me a oh. few years ago. And it is a three-track, 12-inch, mm-hmm. Power and the Passion, the 12-inch 12 12-inch 12 single. Yep. And on one side, it has the full... Power and the Passion. Yeah. On the on the B side, it has Glitch, Baby Glitch, and Wedding Cake Island. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting that they put Wedding Cake Island on there, eh? Yeah, and both sides of the record have tons of blank space on them. Like, yeah. you know that fast groove? Yeah. What, what do you call that? The, the exit track? Yeah. Or... Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Whatever. Like, yeah. once there's the densely packed tracks at the beginning, yeah. and then these great big spirals to use up the rest of the space and yep. bring the tone arm, is that yes, what it's called? Yeah, the stylus at the end of the tone arm. Yeah, to the, all the way to the middle so that the auto return will kick in, I, yeah. I suppose. And so instead of waiting forever and ever and ever for it to spin around, it's got like a shortcut yeah. to the middle. So as far as I could tell, they could have stuck all three songs on both sides of this record mm. and being, being fine. But anyway, yes, you know, it's really cool. You know what's neat? I was, I was looking around at things online as I was doing a bit of research for this episode, and I saw, um, I guess it was a, a vinyl single, um, and it was on the on the B side of the U.S. Forces 12-inch single, and it had no time for games on it as as the B side, but it was labeled "Some Kids." Oh, giving it away. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of neat. And that's what they call it on the set lists, don't they? Yeah, they still right. call, they it call it some, some kids. kids. Yep. I uh I think I told you this. I broke down and I got myself a copy of the uh the unauthorized red um nineteen ninety seven record store day in Australia. Oh yeah. tour. Yes, cool. Finals coming. So those are actually just across the border. And I can go down and pick them up anytime I want. I Great. Suppose, as long as they'll let me out of the country and then back in. Yeah, as long as you can make it across the border. Twice. Twice, yeah. And the reason I brought this 12 inch record. Yep. <laughs> the reason uh, is because it's got that Glitch Baby Glitch, yeah. and that's one of the songs we're talking about that's tonight. Right. I have Glitch Baby Glitch on my. Um, what is this? This is uh, Midnight Oil, My Country, part one of a two-part set CD single thing. And so I've got uh, the radio version of My Country, the LP version of My Country, Glitch Baby Glitch, and the Truganini short road train mix. Okay. So that's, that, this is my version of yeah, Glitch Baby Glitch. Yeah, I've got this one that has the same art oh, cover, yeah. but it's just in a sleeve. Yeah. And it just has two tracks on it, My Country Radio Version yep. and Glitch Baby Glitch. Ah, mine, just the two. You've mine got says four. Made in England on the back of mine. Yeah, and mine says, I, I thought it said Made in Australia, but it says Made in Austria. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Can you make that out there? I but, can't. Yeah, but anyway, down away. there, yeah, yeah, it says Made in Austria. Made in Austria. And while we're here, here's my copy of Land, yes. the CD single. yeah. And on the back side, it says, Crisis in the Rainforest. And it has some, some talk in there Okay. about British Columbia. I have a feeling that land is going to take up 
maybe most of our chatting tonight. It might. Yes. So my plan for this evening. Okay. We're going to tackle land. We're going to tackle glitch, baby, glitch. And we're going to do kolele mei. Yeah. Or kolele mai, perhaps it's pronounced. I'm yeah, probably, probably butchering it every time I say it. And we're going to kind of do it in that reverse order. We're going to start with kolele mei. Yeah. Glitch, baby, glitch, and land. So shall cool. we jump into music? Let's jump into music. By the way, this is like Earth and Sun and Moon era tunes, volume two. This is our second stab at uh, Earth and Sun and Moon era bonus material. Yeah, this is the stuff that was recorded around the time of ESM, Yeah, but didn't make it on the album. That's right. And so um, apparently, um, in addition to being released on this 20 years of resistance to genocide in East Timor, um, could you call it a benefit album or a... I don't know what you call those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, you don't want to benefit genocide. Really, no, you don't. You want, yes, that's right. <laughs> what a horrible thing to joke about. Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, an awareness, yeah. maybe some sort of fundraising effort. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So in addition to being on that support album, yeah. this was also released as... Again, a, not supporting the genocide, but supporting... Action against vic- the genocide. Yeah, or, or victims. Victims yeah, or that's something. Right. Um, Cole LeMay was a B-side for My Country in 93 as well. So, mm. do you remember when you first heard this song? Well, I don't know if I ever have before. Oh, no. Just now, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that in the early 2000s, when the East Timor, uh, the, the independence referendum and all that stuff was going on, I'm pretty sure that I heard this song around that time okay yeah so i i was somewhat familiar with it before the bonus material came out a couple years ago yeah didn't really listen to it a whole lot can i tell you a little bit about this 20 years of resistance please do benefit album other folks that were on it were you two peter gabriel um ginger baker trio oh no ginger baker vaguely familiar he's he's a crazy I, I don't want to say with disrespect that he's a crazy nutso drummer yeah and oh I'm gonna sound like an idiot because I can't remember the really important band that he was the drummer for okay. in like the late 60s early 70s this is Darren from the future the band was cream yeah hate mail to Darren Folds that guy yeah um, but yeah he was on there Yuthu Yindi uh, Buffy St. Marie oh yeah from Canada yeah uh, Canada's Susan Glukark. Yeah. Is also on this album. Wow. Uh, among others, yeah. So this was that kind of benefit, support, opposition type album. Yes. Um, yeah. 
And I, I did a little bit of research into the situation um, over the years in, in East Timor. Yeah. I don't know. Do you want to just dump in, jump so they, into that? They were like a colony. Indonesia and Portugal yep. had both colonized like one half and the other half. Of, of one of these major Indian Indonesian islands. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Which is north of Australia. That's right. That's right. And then Portugal began pulling out. Yep. But kind of left a big mess behind. Yeah. Basically, right? the country wasn't able to support itself with its own kind of government. And so yeah. Indonesia was poised to step right in and to say, oh, well, we will we'll come alongside and help you guys out and take you over yeah. type thing. Yeah. So that's that's what happened kind of in the mid-70s, early to mid-70s. Yeah. Uh, Portugal did its withdrawal and, and uh, Indonesia basically annexes East Timor. Yeah, and apparently as, as many as 200,000 people died... Yep. Of the 700,000, so that's super yeah. a lot. Where yeah. like, like more than a quarter, like a, a third, third of the quarter people. Or a third of the people are dead. Yeah. Wow. And it sounds like, in addition to like actual violence against them, a lot of this was done through forced. Basically, the, the Indonesians were controlling the food supply. Yeah, insufficient food. Yeah. For, yeah. So they were starving them to death. Yeah. Yep. So, which plays in a lot to the lyrics of the song to the uh yeah to what pete's kind of singing saying over top of the the timorese language song that's going on in the background yeah so it so sorry was there more to talk about the um well yeah i guess like kind of how things wrap up you know nothing's ever totally wrapped up i guess yeah um but yeah this happens for like decades basically Western governments like the states, like Australia, like Canada, England, they're not going in and helping because economically, perhaps it's to their benefit to just leave well enough alone, Indonesia being a trading partner and stuff yeah. like that. And Indonesia presumably saying, oh, it's all fine, we've oh, yeah, got it under we're control. We're taking care of these people it's here. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's good, yeah, it's all right. good. Um, but in the late 90s, um, um, civil war and stuff is happening the UN comes in to um, enable uh, an independence referendum and I guess what I don't totally understand it but I think what kind of was going on was kind of like what we sometimes had heard about in Canada you know Quebec becoming an autonomous country within Canada yeah it was kind of like that idea was I think that's the idea of the referendum that was being proposed in the late 90s for the East Timor people. Um, that didn't end up going through, but in the early 2000s, um, the international community did step up, um, provided help, and allowed um, the, the East Timor nation to um, become independent of the Indonesian side of the island. Mm -hmm. um, so things started to... They, they were getting some protection. Um, they were getting the food that they needed. They were getting support for the government. So things started kind of progressing and stabilizing in the region there. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't say that I followed the story so that I really know how things are going on there now. Or anything, yes. But that was kind of what was happening leading up to um, this single. Mm -hmm. And then the album that it appeared on in the early 2000s. Yeah. It kind of gives a little bit of background to the lyrics. 
Yeah. And then this is then related to the other East Timor song. Um, why can't I think of what its name is? This is this is going to be like the yeah. no research because yeah. we're phone our phones are busy recording That's us right. and we can't <laughs> Google things like we usually do. Uh, there's another Midnight Oil song that's about East Timor. It's this isn't the only. Oh yeah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. Again, it's Darren from the future. Say your prayers is the name of the song we're looking for right now. Musically, yes. Um, I was giving this a, a listen this week on my walks. Yep. And um, I was thinking, you know, the very beginning of the song, you know, this kind of has like a bit of a Peter Gabriel vibe going on to it. Yeah. With kind of like the, the keyboards and the pads and the synths yeah, going on there. Yeah, a lot of keyboards and pads. And then reading to find out that Peter Gabriel was a part of the album that this was released on as a compilation. I was saying, oh, I wonder if there was a, a, a connection there, but... I guess thinking back to this being recorded in 93. Yeah. Probably not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's this choir featured prominently, but I wasn't able to find out anything about them. Well, like, yeah. Who the choir was. So yeah. Discogs actually gives some sort of credit to a group. Um, the choir, um, it's spelled X-A-N-A-N-A, like banana with an X at the beginning. Wow. Zanana. Zanana. The choir Zanana. Okay. So so presumably that's a, a Timorese yeah. choir. Yeah. Yeah. Singing the song. And I think that maybe the, the lyrics that they're singing, like the song that they're singing isn't a traditional in the sense of like a really long ago traditional song. I think maybe the tune is borrowed from a traditional Timorese song and the lyrics are layered on um, more contemporary lyrics. Yeah. I guess from the situation okay. at hand. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's kind of like a, a Pete rant. Yeah. On top of at least some of it. Like it, it does have the, a structure, yeah. but it's all these questions. Yeah. That's about, right. Um, about the plight that they're in. Yeah, the food situation, basically. Yeah. 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 And yeah, it's interesting because a lot of it seems to be kind of that speaking, singing type of stuff. And then, I don't know if you would call it the chorus, the what is the reason? It yeah. seems a, a lot more sung than, than the rest yeah. of it. Yeah. At the end of the song itself, Pete says, you know, this is the classic language of the people of Timor. Um kind of addressing the choir, what the choir is singing. Yeah. And basically what Pete is ranting about is a translation of what the choir is singing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, it's a di very different kind of song. Yeah. Uh, almost like it was recorded live with this choir. Yeah. And then as the basis, and then Jim or somebody would have come in with the keys. Yeah. And kind of built it up into yeah. what it yeah. ended up. Um, I wonder if it was done with the choir live, or if maybe they found like this recording. Maybe this is a recording from back in the day, maybe even. Oh, this, okay. Maybe I could also see this being something that Jim finds and just kind of layers his stuff on top of and gets some of Pete singing along, speaking along with it, and chops that up and, yes. and does some fun Larry type stuff to it as well. Yeah, kind of built it up. So, the song opens. Is that a helicopter in the background? 
Yeah, I don't know, or if that's just like some sort of synth type thing going on. And that's what yeah. I thought was reminding me of Peter Gabriel, at least in the beginning. But maybe, yeah, because there's another there's another sound uh, about halfway through that sounds to me like fighter jets coming swooping in and dropping the bombs type thing. So mm, yeah. maybe he's, maybe Jim or whoever was putting this together was bringing in those military sounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, around one thirty, Pete does this sort of away from the mic kind of ranting that's yeah. kind of like and then and that gets big yeah. right after that yeah it's neat the way he does some of the stuff it's not Pete says it and then you kind of hear echoes of it afterwards. In some cases, you kind of hear the echoes of it under, like, quietly before he actually speaks the stuff, too. So there's kind of like that, I don't know. Reverse echo? Do you think it's an effect, or do you think it's no, just No, I think it's just, yeah. The way he's doing it. The way like, he's doing it, or the way yeah. Jim decided to layer the different yes. vocal takes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. One really big, that big moment around 140... Uh, and then 210, the chorus gets quite big there, yeah. where Pete actually starts singing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's an interesting song. It's really different. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... You, you can see why it's not something that goes on an album. It doesn't rock. Yeah, it doesn't rock. It's a novelty. Like, I enjoy listening to it, but I don't think it's something that's going to go in my, my your, regular, your regular playlist. playlist, yeah. yeah it's, it, it's nice that it came out with the, with the tanks, so that we can hear it, but... Yeah, it's Cole Le May. Baby Glitch. Mm-hmm. This is the Power and Passion remix type thing. Yeah. The dub mix. Now you're wondering, Darren, why did you pick this song? Why are we doing this? Like, this is just <laughs> some sort of strange remix of, of another song. Yeah. Did, you, did that question cross your mind? No, I no. thought this is... This is a thing, but you could you could yeah. answer your hypothetical question. My hypothetical question is because because I did ask myself, well, why am I including this particular remix type thing? Because there's other remixes out there. Fair but enough. I guess I was thinking that because I had this on the back of a single and stuff, that this was legitimate enough, kind of my idealized um, before the tank came out existence. Oh, this is something that I could have had, you know, if I was the super fans searching for stuff, you know, yeah. people could have this and listen to it. So it, it's part of the catalog and something that, that would be fun to listen to, especially considering how important I think power and the passion as a song itself is. Yes. You know, it's, it deserves just giving another quick listen to this, uh, this chop up dub remix dub mix version of it yeah well like i've got two physical copies of it from back in the day and that's yeah. probably the only of all these songs we've been discussing that's probably the only one that i know of that's had two separate releases mm-hmm. um i've got the you know this from the original power and the passion 12 inch yeah 
and then this uh, CD release of My Country. Yeah. So it's just funny that the Oils would see, oh, we're going to release this twice. Yeah. In with it from the eighties to the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Now I didn't get my copy of the My Country single till the late nineties. I think when I was living in Minneapolis, I picked this up at uh, at one of the used record shops there. But I think maybe we had it on those cassettes that we got like from the tape trees on the internet songs for the white house gangsters yeah and and the other ones but that one has the great title that's the best title yeah so do you think that we might have had it yeah it it, it seemed familiar to me yeah although there are other power in the passion remixes i think i have on my phone yeah that are less extreme yeah yeah but they still are remixes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and actually, as I was looking at this, I was thinking, well, wait a second. Are there, like, what versions of these do exist? Like, is Glitch Baby Glitch this particular remix, and then there are other Power and the Passion remixes? And I think that that is the case. Or maybe the one I'm thinking, the other one I'm thinking of is more of a mashup where they stuck, like, the Power and the Passion drum solo yeah. in the middle of okay yeah something else something else yeah, yeah. I, again our lack of research is showing uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. i did notice that there is like a like the version that we have here is about it comes in like around four minutes 47 seconds yeah and online like on youtube i found a seven minute nine second version of glitch baby glitch as well oh okay so there are i think there are multiple versions of glitch baby glitch yeah so it says 445 on my cd version yeah and it does not say how long it is but i would guess it's the same length on the vinyl version right so yeah as you've got yours on on your vinyl yeah you've got like the 12 inch power and the passion single yes um, what year did that come out? That what was... What year is that single from? 19... I think that says 19... Oh, oh. So I've tried to get an open... We have no light here with the power out. Uh, why can't I make that out? It seems like it says 83. Yeah, okay, see... Why I is was, that so early? I was looking at this. Is that from Germany? Where is that album from? Because my because we've, we've got B sides to this my is country. A can, this is a Canada. That's a Canada released one. one. Yeah. Okay, keep looking for the date on there because we've got 1993 My Country B sides. Yeah. Well, this is 1983. And that's 1983. From 82. Yep. 83 Midnight Oil manufactured and distributed by CBS Records Canada. Um, okay, so that seems pretty similar to this German version that I saw that had credits to uh, CBS Records as well, but from a German um, publisher. So my question is, on our My Country B-Sides, the credits go to Nick Launay for the remix. Who gets... Is there credit on your 12-inch? Yeah, engineered and mixed by Nick Launay. Okay. Well, yep. produced by Nick. Yeah. And engineered and mixed. Okay. Yeah. So, 
That's good. So this is something that's that was around way back in the day and then got put out again on the back of my yeah. country. Just yeah. wanted to, to double check that. Yes. I wonder, like, do you think that this is just a, a total Nick project then? It seems like it, eh? Yeah, it seems like something he'd get into. Yeah. I'm going to make a crazy version of that weird disco song we did. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because like, so he, he does. was just so, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was thinking of a remix all along. Yeah, and some of it's pretty nutty, eh? Oh, yeah, it's weird. So should, should Yeah, we, let's get into it. Yeah. If, if you haven't heard it or you only heard the snippet, the way I look at this is it's power and the passion, yep. but a almost just an instrumental version of it yes. that's occasionally using the vocals as another instrument. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it because because there is Pete singing in it. Yeah. But almost always there Nick is doing some weird stuff with his voice. Yes. To make yeah, just some crazy effect yeah. just to add to the weirdness so, of the song. So two other parts of my uh it was very much done in a layer base, I guess because Nick had the original uh tracks there yep. to play with yep. he really approached it by pulling certain tracks in and out yeah uh so at times there would be just guitar or yep. just bass or yeah. whatever well and, and that came quite particularly it stood out to me in the in that kind of horn section towards yeah. the end like there's the horns doing their thing and then then you really get the isolation of of a bait of the bass line for a little bit, and then the isolation of the guitar bit for a bit, and then back yes. to the horns again there, which yeah. is really neat. That that's right, yeah. And to hear just the guitar riff which is like it's a kind of a chord rhythm thing yeah. that I think is being played under the horns a lot of the I time. Think so. But then you hear only the guitar yeah. for a while. It really stands out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like he's saying, here's all my favorite little bits. That you may of this not hear song. because of everything that's going on yeah. normally. But as the producer, I sure know about every one of these parts because I, I labored over it all. Yeah. Yeah. And so here they are. Um, okay. And the one other thing about how this arrangement that Nick's done, I think it's like almost like a prank to somebody who knows the song really well yeah you listen to this and it's surprising because it's almost he's made it humorous yeah that as soon as soon as you think you know what's gonna happen yes he changes it up on he, you especially he, with the pete stuff yes it's like for example right at the beginning you got your uh-uh actually yeah. Is it at the end or the beginning of the song? It's right near the beginning. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, there's the uh-uh thing. Wait, yeah. he's doing it again yeah. and again and again. Yeah. What's going on here? And it almost turns into like a uh-uh, uh-uh, like yeah, a no right. yeah. to me. think that's deliberate that it's like he say no 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 this yeah, isn't good. this isn't this what is you not expect. what you're expecting yeah, yeah. around 220 well, okay is, yeah before we get to that yeah it kind of starts with the drum solo yes that drum solo is like a super iconic point in oil's history yeah whether or not you're like a, a big drummer fan like i am or not you've got to admit that 
that this particular drum solo in this particular, like, A, this song is super important in the Oils catalog. Yeah. Would you say, you know, maybe it's like in the top 10? Oh, yeah, oil top songs. 10. I think it has to and, be, yeah. And the drums in this song are just so, like, this is the big drum solo. If you know drum solo, if there is a, a midnight oil drum solo, yeah. it is in this song. That's right. So Nick takes it and he puts it at the beginning of the song. And I think when you take it out of the context of the entire song, it kind of like leading up to this big crescendo and this big drum solo, when you take it out of that and bring it to the beginning, I think it, it weakens it a bit. Okay. Um, so I I like it. I like hearing it again. I think it's important to hear it again and stuff. I don't think it is as impactful located at the beginning of the song as it normally is in the midst of the song. Right. So... So, so is it a mistake, or is it that whole turning it on its head? Well, I think here, it's this just is, turning on its head. Yeah, I think he this thought, is not what you're expecting, Darren. This is kind of hilarious to stick the solo as an intro, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Nick was just really having a good time with playing with our... Or messing with our expectations. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> like, I even wonder, did the band completely like this? Like, maybe yeah. only Jim liked it or yeah. something, right? Yeah, like, that's right. Uh-uh, uh-uh. So go ahead, you're talking around the two yeah, uh, so two two twenties where Pete Yes. Pete comes on and he's singing a verse. Yeah. But below it is the craziest octave pitch down. Yeah. So it's like so burn bases <laughs> around. And he's yep. he's like bending it. Yeah. And, and Rihanna thinks she's hearing a fifth in there too. Oh yeah. Like a power chord kind of thing. So for people who the, the fifth, you've got your root, root. note, your octave, yeah. that like when you play a G or a C or a D yeah. chord, you're really hearing that fundamental note mm-hmm. and like three chord guitar rock yeah. really emphasizes those. But it also, to make it into a chord, to make it sound yeah, fatter. building a chord. Yeah. yeah you play the fifth as yeah. well, which is the fifth note in the scale. And yeah. it's the second most dominant, prominent it really fattens up the chord. And, and so, so when, you, when you're a guitar player yeah. and you just want to have that big rock sound, you can get away with the root and the fifth yeah, you're only as that power chords. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Just those two notes. And so when I was listening with my daughter, Rihanna, she was hearing that, yeah. that fifth element in there too cool. to fatten it up even more. A sunburn, faces around with skin so brown Smiling, the cream and crowd, some days the beach, never a cloud, breathing you Pitchy and also glitchy kind of vocals happen yeah. in there too as well, eh? Yes. Yeah, at 250 I just put interrupted and I think I believe that's one another one of those instances where you think you know what's gonna happen next in the song. Sure. And ha 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 nope. Hey, Uncle Sam and John were quite enough. Too much sunshine, too much. At 310, mm-hmm. they get around to playing the chorus for us, but it's like, oh, oh, yeah. And then the vocal drops out again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, we should probably just put that in instead of having me sing it. Yeah. Just prior to that, I noticed there's like some 
they've got some clickety clackety percussiony type sounds that are almost kind of underwater type sounds oh yeah putting in just kind of before they get to that course too that it kind of just stood out to me and then the the last thing i noticed uh or that i made note of is around 3 30 the epic horn swells at yeah. the end are there but they start and then they cut out yeah <laughs> so yeah. I thought that was pretty effective too, but maybe because I'm not as invested in the horns as I am invested in the log and the strums. Yeah. 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 Um, I remember talking about Power and the Passion when we were doing 1098, and we were talking about um, gated drums yeah. and how especially the snare um, on, in Power and the Passion is gated. So that's just an effect. Yeah, um, made just, famous by Phil Collins. That's right, and the in, drumming gorillas. And the drumming gorillas <laughs> in in the air tonight. That's right. So if you can imagine those iconic drums there. Yeah. And Phil apparently had a hand in inventing that whole sound. I think so, yeah. And that spread like crazy in yeah. the 80s. Or at least he picked up on an early use of it and, and brought it to the masses. Yeah. At the very least. Yeah. But I he might have had some. I think he had some involvement in actually like yeah. the engineering of it. But yes. So it seems to me that Nick has turned up the gate even more. So, And so what it's doing is that anything below a certain volume yeah. is cut to absolute zero, right. to no sound at all. Right. And then so you're only hearing the loudest parts and then immediately drops away. Right. And then you're probably putting some echo or something yeah. else on it to... And so maybe it's maybe he's turned up the echo or something on, on the snare as it's going, because it, it sounds even more absurdly 80s gated drums to me than it does in the <laughs> original Power and the Passion. Yeah. that the power briefly yeah Yeah, it's coming back on and off and on In and fate, off. that's actually really bad for everything well come on synergy north <laughs> i liked you better when you were thunder bay hydro yeah they were a bit better then that's nice that your neighborhood gets these localized outages too like my what, neighborhood you never does. get no no we we totally get this oh this is bad that's three yeah there, there's a guy have that, we found the right wire is yet this, is this the one <laughs> ap <laughs> they're taking oh, well. they're giving all of my power to Kenora. Yeah. <laughs> Be nice to get some light in here so I could read my notes for yeah. land. Yeah. Water's not just the purity. Water's not just the melody of panic. Okay, so we're talking land. I'm glad that yes. you've got your single, your CD single for land there. Yeah. Because I sent one of the links that I sent you. I think I sent you the link on YouTube for your convenience to the version that is on... Uh, Chico Lacalo. 
okay. which is different than the actual release single. So Chico has a different version than what we got. Okay, well, the, the CD single has two versions on it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's got the single version yep. and the full-length version. Okay. So I think like one is like a radio edit, yep. so to speak, yep. a shorter. Okay, good. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the radio edit is about five and a half minutes? I think and that's right. the full right. version is about 6.16? Yeah, I think okay. that's correct. Is the difference... Um, let's talk about the history of the song, yeah. and then we'll talk about maybe what the differences are. Well, yeah, I'm not even sure I know the differences. Okay, I, I know one difference. Well, okay, I was guessing about the long, like, that false ending. Oh, okay. Okay, maybe we got a couple things then. You yeah. got something, I anyway, got something. okay. Okay, so Land yeah. um, came out in uh, 93. Yes. After the uh, after they toured Canada with uh, on their another roadside attraction tour, actually this was recorded like two days or something before they came to Thunder Bay. Yes, yeah, yeah, like, just mere days. They did Clayquot Sound. Yeah, and then a couple days later they were in Thunder Bay, and we were. Yeah, there well, you keep them. saying a couple days, but I think we established it was like within the week. Yeah, maybe even ten kind of days. Oh yeah, yeah, like a couple we're, days later. You know, a couple days there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. But was, anyway, yeah. yes. They, they did have to travel. I, I think they did the road tour. Yeah. Uh, but they made several stops. Not too many stops in the West, though. No. No. I, but yeah, okay. That's That sounds reasonable to me, Yeah, too. I think yeah. I looked up the actual schedule, because then when they played much music in Toronto... That Chris Hall was at. That Chris Hall was at. That's yeah. right, Yeah. There, there's. I, I remember at some point actually trying to figure out a calendar of what, okay. when. And I think I corrected you during our podcast, like down at the mountain. I don't take correction very well. No, I know you don't. But <laughs> when we were there at the site of another roadside attraction at the mountain here yep. in Thunder, like when Oils played Thunder Bay, yes, amazingly, that's right. Still amazed. Twenty six years we later, we were big fans before that, though. Yes. Anyway, I think during that podcast, you also said a couple days later, I was like, what was it? A couple days later. It was like at least a week, but anyway. A few days later. A few days later. Okay, it doesn't matter. So in 93, yeah. um, Midnight Oil is touring Canada with uh, the Tragically Hip, yeah. Daniel Lanois, Hot House Flowers. Actually, I don't remember if Hot House Flowers and Crash Vegas were touring. I think Hot House Flowers was touring. Was Crash Vegas touring with them yeah, on the roadside attraction? I'm not... I don't remember Crash Vegas being at yeah. our show anyway, but yeah. Hot, Hot, Hot House, House Flowers, Flowers was. Yeah. yeah. So, hanging out with all these Canadians and Irish folks, and they decide to do the song together called Land. And this is another one of those in awareness of, in support of, not... In support of not clear-cutting. That's right, yes. Um, in support of old-growth forests. Yes, and that's legit. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So they have this, they released this song, and it came out around the world, I presume. But I, I think it was kind of a big deal in Canada. Yeah. Particularly. Now, it's kind of a familiar tune. Mm-hmm. It's a reworking of Red Indian. Yes, which, which we, we talked about just last time. A couple times ago. Yeah, a couple podcasts ago. Last time we were talking about... Last time we were talking about... B-sides and rarities. That's right, which was actually way back in November. Oh, yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, but just last time. Two episodes ago. Two episodes ago, that's right. Um, and Red Indian was written by Jim and Rob. 
And so even though everybody gets credit for this song, the the guys from Hothouse Flowers and the Hip and stuff and Daniel Anwar, um, really this is an oils song that was was built upon yeah. for for this land project. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. I think I think, they... it, I think it'd be even fair to say that much more than just the foundations were laid by Rob and Jim. This is Red Indian with some friends and uh, a few lyric changes. Yeah, they rewrote a verse or two. Yeah. But is basically Red Indian. Yeah. 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 Repurposed. Repurposed. That's good. We mentioned the tragically hip. We mentioned the tragically hip. It seems like just about every episode. Yes. Because right now you've been touring the country with another roadside attraction. And from what I hear, and this is from other band people that have been playing with you, this is some kind of community spirit that's going on here. This is not a couple of names on a roster and people pretending to get along. There's a community going, isn't there? Yeah, it's been really interesting because uh, quite often when you do uh, big festivals or shows with a whole lot of other people, you might not get to know them much. Everybody's got their own thing happening. But uh, I have to say that the hip are uh, humans to a core. And... Uh, oh. Excellent. They would have let us on stage tomorrow night, otherwise. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's been very easy going, and there hasn't been any sort of, of the rock thing, you know, that gets a bit overwhelming going on backstage, and the musicianship has been absolutely superb, so we've really been having a very, very good time. Lead singer Gord Downey passed away last year? No, two, is it two years A couple years ago now? now. Is it two years? Yeah. Wow. Two yeah. years ago this summer, this fall? Coming? Yeah, okay, because he was at the he Toronto show in 2017. 2017, two years ago. Yeah. So if he died in 2017, it was late. Later in 2017, yeah. Yeah, it might have been 2018, you're right. Yeah. And again, we're not looking that up because we have no internet. That's right. And so the, the tragically hip are no more. They're not? Well, how could they? Like, Yeah, they couldn't be. Without him. I thought I read something saying that, that they were retiring the name. Darren from the future here again. Gord Downey died on October 17th, 2017. The band announced in July 2018 that the Tragically Hip name would be retired. The thing about the Tragically Hip is that uh, Gord Downey was not only their frontman, lead singer guy, he was totally their lyricist. Yep. Um, to a degree that's like Midnight Oil shares the duties. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like you couldn't imagine Midnight Oil going on without Peter Garrett, even more so yeah. the Tragically Hip, because you've got a guy of similar stage presence, charisma, unique vocal, yep. uh, and he's totally the lyricist yeah. for the band. These are his lyrics that he's singing. Yeah, he so is singing know. his yeah. lyrics. So That's right. Yeah. Okay, so we've got... We've got the hip playing. We've got Hot House Flowers. We've got Power. Looks like it's staying on. Maybe it's going to stay on this time. Hey! Hey! We got light! Why isn't the light on? Why are we talking Italian? Oh, good. Oh! The power went out again. <laughs> well, why don't we just keep going? Okay. So in addition to the hip, we've got Hot House Flowers which is a Irish rock band. Do you know that uh, they played with Def Leppard? No. Yeah, they actually recorded with Def Leppard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, in uh, 1993, um, their, their album Songs from the Rain did really well in Australia. Yeah. And uh, I wonder if maybe that was 
you know, maybe the guys from the oils heard of Hothouse Flowers because of that and said, hey, we want to tour with these guys? Well, yeah, although I think it was just the hip who... <laughs> the power is flickering on and off. It's and not on. flickering. It is being turned on and turned off. Yeah. That is not a flicker. That's like a second longer than a flicker. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have no working electronics in your house by the time they're done. Oy, oy, oy. Yes. Yeah, that's right, because the hip organized the Another Roadside Attraction Tour, right? Yeah, so I don't think the oils had much to do with it. Okay, so good. I'm glad you had that. Um, Liam, oh, I'm going to butcher his last name. Yeah, it doesn't actually matter. The thing that I was going to say based on that has to do with Crash Vegas, so I'll just chop that little bit out. Um, Yeah, and Crash Vegas is listed here, but... Crush Vegas had the the lady lead singer. Yeah, they. But there's no lady singing on this. There's no lady singing so, here. So what are they doing here? Do they contribute a guitar player or something? Yeah, yeah. maybe something like that. Because a, a little odd that they didn't have her sing, because then it wouldn't have been such a dude thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's kind of like what made Crash Vegas like a really neat band too was the lady singer and the lady bass player. Yeah. It's unique because you don't see a lot of lady bass players. Yeah. Although and often when you do see musicians, lady musicians in in the man bands. Yeah. Often they're they're a bass player as opposed to like a drummer or a lead shredding yeah, guitar. I guess more often, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know her name. What's her name? I looked it up. There's a, there's a Michelle and a Jocelyn in Crash Vegas. So one of the okay. two of them is the bassist and the other one is the lead singer. All right. I want to say that Jocelyn is the lead singer. Because she also had something to do with Martha and the Muffins. Remember Martha and the Muffins? Uh, only kind of. I kind of went down a little bit of a Crash Vegas hole oh, yeah. on um, on Friday afternoon. Um, just remembering all the fun stuff that they used to do. Like I had their their album Red Earth. They did a, they did a cover of Pocahontas, Neil Young's Pocahontas. Oh, you I love talking, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was on the Out of the Blue or Into the Black yeah. disc. Out, yeah. yeah, Out of the Blue, I think. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, I, I love that cover. And they also had another Neil Young cover on Red Earth as well. So, I don't know. I really enjoyed listening to that on Friday. If you're looking for something different to listen to yeah. after Midnight Oil, go look up uh, Crash Vegas's Crash Red Earth. Vegas. Get your 90s chick rock Neil Young covering stuff. And yeah. their drummer, yeah. take a look at him in some of the videos. He's got like the really thick round glasses <laughs> with the hat. And the goatee, yeah, he's sporting the look that that Jim kind of evolved into. Oh, okay, just saying. I don't know. Maybe, maybe That's this Jim is, got the idea. Maybe this is got a great the look. idea from the guy from Crash Vegas. Yeah, yeah, cool. Because it is a good look for Jim. Yeah. Um, tragically hip. We talked about Hot House Flowers, Crash Vegas, Daniel Lanois. Yeah, is the last. Uh, yeah, last and I guy. mean, we've told all our stories about Daniel Lanois. No need so, to tell more Daniel Lanois so stories. So, if you want to hear more about all this roadside attraction, oh, you know what. Jocelyn Lanois, this is probably the connection. Yeah. Jocelyn from Crash Vegas is Daniel's sister. Sister? Yes. Really? Yeah. Wow. So there you go. That's cool. Maybe that's how... She's a Lanois. Maybe that's how Crash Vegas got brought into the whole thing. Yeah. Because Daniel Lanois brought them in. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so if you want to hear more thoughts about all that, another roadside attraction... Go back to our episode 
from one year ago or yeah. two. Yeah, one, one year ago. Yeah, one year ago now. Yeah. Uh, where we, I think it was called another roadside attraction. Yeah. Or, and we're live on location yep. at the foot of the mountain. Was it for the 25th anniversary? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm glad we did that with our good friend Ron. Yeah. So here we are. Um, credited to Jim Ajani, Daniel Lanois, Rob Hurst, Peter Garrett, Gord Downey, and The Hip. So land, I don't know if it says on your on your CD, is with a group of people. Daniel Lanois, Hot House Flowers, Crash Vegas, and The Tragically Hip. But the credits, at least on Discogs, says it's just Jim, Dan, Rob, Pete, and Gord Downey in The Hip. Okay. Like, so I don't know what that means. Yeah, like it says, written by Jim, Rob, Pete... Gord Downey, yep. Daniel Lanois, and the Tragically Hip. Okay. And then performed by Crash Vegas, yep. Hot House Flowers, Daniel yep. Lanois, and Band, Midnight Oil, and the Tragically Hip. Okay. And it was recorded in Calgary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. And and that's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. It sounds like the Oils, Daniel Lanois, the Hip, and Friends. Yeah. Kind of playing the stuff. Verse 1. Mm-hmm. It's basically lifted straight out of Red Indian. Yeah. Except instead of being buried um, up to my neck, yeah, it's being buried up to my knees in the cold December ground. Yeah. Blinding me in my land, not this land. Yeah. But basically, it's Just that verse. Tiny changes. Yeah. And I'm almost certain it's Daniel Lanois singing the well, first verse. Singing first verse. Ah, okay. Who do, you th- do you think it's? Well, I was. It's not. Of... It's definitely not Gord. It's not one of the oils. It's not the Irish dudes. Okay, so so by process of elimination. Yeah, and so you think it's the Hot House Flowers guy for verse two? Um, because yes, because he's the most Bono. Yes, sounding right. Yes, that's right. He's got a little bit of that Irish sound to him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I agree with that. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but on. The Chico Locallo version, or perhaps just the long, the non-radio version, there's another verse too. There's a second verse too, where Pete sings, and it's different lyrics. So depending on which version of Land you're listening to, if you're just used to the radio single, <laughs> nobody's used to the radio single because nobody really listened <laughs> nobody, to it that much. Nobody heard any of it. <laughs> but that's that's what I would have been used to is is uh, just going straight into the Irish dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But Chico has got the Pete as the second verse, and then Liam from the Hot House Flowers for the third verse. Gord Downey comes in with the next verse, mm-hmm. and he's got a very distinctive voice. Or, yeah, you or, can tell him. Or maybe it's just because we know him so much better than any of the other guys except yeah. for the oils. Well, yeah, he's got... It's Pete and Gord are the two with the... Original... Least, with the most unique voices. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gord definitely has a sound to him. Yeah. This song is a lot more strummy strummy than the Red Indian version of the song, though, right? Did yeah. you notice that? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, whereas Red Indian sounds like they've got their Rickenbackers out playing through their Vox amps. Yeah. This song definitely just starts with the strummy strummy guitars. Somebody's got the bongos yeah it's in the more background. of a gentle acoustic yeah kind of feel yeah. to it earlier in the song in some ways though it almost seems to have more energy to it 
maybe only when it kind of picks up in in the bits after the choruses. Yeah. Um, yeah, after the choruses, it really picks up. And it still has a bit of that kind of crazy horse vibe. Definitely. Later in the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Crazy Horse being Neil Young's rock and roll band. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I think we commented on Crazy Horse Comes to the Party when we were listening to Red Indian yeah. last fall, too. Yeah. So yeah, everyone comes on in to sing for the for the chorus, even more so than Red Indian, I think. Like mm-hmm. Red, Red Indian might be just Pete, and you can hear the guys maybe a little bit singing in the background. But for Land, it's everybody is singing the chorus along. And then after that chorus, Crazy Horse joins the party, and we change from the strummy strummy bits to the full-on, let's break out the electric guitars, let's get the drums going, we'll wheel out the organ, and we're just going <laughs> to go to town. Jim riding on the... <laughs> comes the sliding organs, out across the, the stage. Yeah, the, the organs on the trailer or something that comes yep. rolling in. That's right. And uh, they just go... Now, the drums are a little bit different um, in land than they are in Red Indian, I think. I think the drums are a lot more straightforward. I was accused. Actually, I wasn't accused. <laughs> I was said, accused. Actually, I was not accused. <laughs> I don't I don't know if somebody was accusing me or they were just talking about this style of drumming around me. Not that I was doing it, but have you ever heard of a hockey drummer? The hockey drummer? In Canada, there are hockey drummers, apparently. Okay. And they play the drums like you would expect a hockey player to play the drums. Okay. They just hit them loudly, and there's not a lot of finesse going on. Yeah. And not a lot of imagination going on. In Red Indian, there's some neat stuff happening with the drums. Yeah. In Land, it's pretty much a left, right, left, right, kick, snare, kick, snare. Oh, okay. Happening. And somebody's accusing you of being a hockey drum player? I know. Why would they accuse me of being a hockey drum? Yeah, you're anything but a hockey drum player. So what, what, did the, where did this happen? At church. At church? Somebody yeah. was called, like Somebody was like bashing your drum playing? No, no. I don't think they were bashing my drum. I think we were talking about other drummers. <laughs> I believe we were talking about... <laughs> I, I'm sure we were talking about somebody other than me. me. That's right. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Anyway, so I'm thinking, oh, this this is kind of hockey drums. Okay. You know, straightforward. Yeah. Just so we don't know the who drums. the drummer was, but we doubt it was Hearst. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it was Rob. I, I don't want to think that it wasn't Rob. I would like to think Rob was playing. Maybe he's had up and went in Canada, play hockey drums. Maybe he was doing as the Canadians do. Yeah, we do, yeah. Oh, good for you, Rob. Yeah. So somebody was doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you think is playing guitars? Like, do you have enough ear for the Tragically Hip that you can hear stuff like that? I'd like to think that was Jim playing that guitar solo. Yeah. That comes in later. But I could imagine it being, like, Rob of the Hip. The hip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that in Red Indian that Martin is just driving with the electric guitar and Jim is doing the fancy stuff on top. That, that would be maybe a That's fair assessment. That's what we assessment. often assume. We often assume that. Do you think that. maybe Martin is doing that here as well and somebody else is doing some fancy stuff over top? Maybe, eh? And maybe Jim is focusing on... Maybe Jim's on organ. On the organ here? But you don't think like Daniel Lanois would be playing the organ or maybe, whatever? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he would be. There's, is, it, yeah, I don't think we can tell because there's like too many talented musicians potentially in on this yeah although maybe a bunch of them stayed home and it's like okay you 
from Crash Vegas. And yeah. you're like, we don't even know who. Well, yeah, that's that's good. And I want to ask you about the bass in the chorus, too, because there's some fun... We, there we're is sitting some around good before. bass playing yeah. in there. Okay, so does it sound to you like there's two people playing bass? Oh, I didn't really hear that, but that's interesting. I was, two I was, bassists. I was, I know that would okay. be a lot of fun. I was listening to the chorus. Um, every action has an opposite reaction. Yeah, and then you've kind of got that mm-hmm. little. There's this riff going on. There's that there. little bass twiddling thing yeah. going on there. Now that's not in Red Indian, right? Um, does that sound like a Bones kind of thing to do? Like the Bones does like to do that kind of stuff. It sounds like a Bones maybe fill it, to me. Maybe it's Bones doing a fill there. Yeah. Um, what do you know about Gord, the other Gord in the hip, the bass player Gord from the hip? Yeah, he's not my favorite bassist. Okay, he's really. not. You would you would think that maybe Bones would be more imaginative to put in some fun stuff. Yeah, like that? don't get me wrong. Once in a while, there's a good hip bass line. Yeah. That I like, but is he a hockey bass player? <laughs> he's, he's, he plays in the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good term. I like that. Yeah, yeah. gotta get play, in the pocket. Plays in the pocket. Um, but every action has an opposite reaction. There is some good bass playing on hip songs but and when you say good place playing you don't mean like I mean interesting yeah I mean interesting. it's all totally it's all competent bass play. yeah it's all totally competent yeah 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 I, I mean like the kind of bass playing I like to hear yeah and Bones does that more often in my estimation yep um yeah like my favorite Canadian bass player Getty Lee no do you want me to guess? Our lack of research. No, it's like I, I can't remember his name. He okay, the bassist from the Cowboy Junkies. Mm. The Cowboy Junkies is the thoughtful man's Crash Vegas. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting theory. I like Cowboy Junkies too. Yeah, yeah. They do a great cover of Jane. Sweet Jane. <laughs> Why'd you say they do a great cover of it? Once again, it's Darren from the future. I'm trying to think of Lou Reed right now, and Robin is trying to think of Alan Anton, the bassist for the Cowboy Junkies. Wasn't that funny? I didn't know Sweet Jane wasn't a a Dummies original. I didn't know it was a cover. Or not Dummies. (laughs) Speaking of Canadian bands, though, Crash Test Dummies. Yeah, Crash Test Dummies are good. Not Uh, Crash Vegas Dummies. Not the Crash Vegas. Yeah, the Crash Test Dummies. Um, Yeah, the Cowboy Junkies... They have my favorite Canadian bassist, mm-hmm. and maybe now that Tim Chandler's not with us anymore, yeah, maybe he's my favorite rock bassist that's out there right now. Oh. Yeah, should I say I like him slightly better than Bones? He just does such good stuff all yeah, the time. That's all right. But you know what? If Bones gets to play, what like, Bones okay, likes to play, if they don't choose a producer that. Pigeonholes Bones. Yeah. He might come out with like the best stuff ever on the new album. Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. say that. Like, yeah. yeah, for sure. They're cutting all the tall trees down, and I hope you understand. Do you like it better than you like 
Red Indian? Or do you like Red Indian better? Or do you not have an opinion? Red Indian climbs to greater heights mm. towards the end of the song. Like when yep. it gets into the jam yep. time, I think Red Indian does it a bit better. Yeah. But but I, I can't help but really love the vocal delivery. Like to, to hear Gordowney and Peter Garrett yeah. on the same it's song. It's special. That is really special. Yeah. Yeah. I like how they finish the song too. I, I, I remember talking about Red Indian with you and we, I was feeling like I was just totally in love with the jam that was going on. Yeah. And it was just a, a great thing. And it, it is a great thing. I think I like Land better. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's not for like the electric bits of Red Indian because I do like it, and it's not for the bongos. The bongos are cool in <laughs> in Land. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think there's just something about it that I I enjoy a little bit better. It it sounds a little mellower, but I think it it drives a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah. I think they do the ending better in Land though than they do in Red Indian. Okay. Especially when you get like you can hear a couple of the guys are doing their little woohoos at the <laughs> end there. I think it might be uh what's his name? Liam from the Hot House Flowers. I don't know, it kinda sounds a little Bono esque, so maybe there's a little bit of Irish woohooing. There's going some on Irish there. woohoos. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think they do a good a good job of ending it there. Well the Irish are known for their woohoos. They are. about the harmonica bits yeah because yeah. obviously Pete's the harmonica dude but yeah so is Gord occasionally maybe occasionally so you, you figure this is probably Pete again doing harmonica I assume harmonica. it's Pete but yeah it's well, very similar to the Red Indian harmonica bit yeah it so, is he's like I got a harmonica bit here and then he just chucks it stage right when it's done yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and there, there's that false ending. The song basically ends. Oh, yeah, and then Crazy Horse comes back. Again. Yeah, the Crazy Horse comes back. And they don't do that in Red Indian, eh? I thought they, they had two Crazy Horse moments in Red Indian as well. Yeah, maybe they did. Yeah, but it definitely I'm is. I'm just commenting. I oh, like yeah, the that's false right, because there's, there's the radio edit and the long version. Well, Darren. Well, we, Robin. This is our first power outage recording we've ever done. Yeah, we made it through. Yeah. It's getting a little dark. It's a little really, hard to see. It's the, really dark. Hard We're to hear squint. the notes. These old men are squinting to see their notes. We're not playing the songs ahead of, of talking about them to remind us no, about them. No, we're using up our phone battery just to to do the recording and haven't been able to do any research. So that's why we were a little stupider than usual today but only a little bit yeah only slightly only because slightly. generally we're stupid yeah yeah next time we get together robin yeah hopefully we can get together um one more time before this month is out we're recording second weekend of june right now hopefully okay we can get another episode in before we take off for a bit so that we don't yep. leave people hanging for too long so what will we be doing we're going to be getting into the breathe era now i've got five songs lined up for us for Breathe. Wow. And, and I was thinking we would do it across two episodes. Okay. So uh, we'll just uh, 
in this way it'll be a little bit easier for us to get together and talk before the sure. end of the month we're going to talk about um, a sunburnt sky which is a breathe outtake and we're going to talk about I see you which is uh, I think uh, the b-side of surfs up tonight oh yeah I don't know if I even know either of these songs um, I see you is on Chico Locallo and sunburnt sky can be found on Lassiter's gold nice yeah so that's what we'll be doing next time we get together on the couch Right on. A Midnight Oil podcast. Yes. Let's see if I can transition into the ending. Okay. And with that, it's time to put the lid back on the tank, say goodbye, until next time when we'll be listening to some of those Breathe Era tunes on Comfortable Place on the Couch, a Midnight Oil podcast. Suggestions, comments, hate mail, just want to be mentioned on the show like our friends Lachlan and... Judy. Nope. (laughs) Hey! Power, don't get the too... power, don't get excited. Don't the get power's excited. on. I'm excited. The light's been on for several seconds now. It might stay on. Yeah, Want to okay. get mentioned on the show? Send us an email. Find us on Twitter. I'm at Darren the Folds. Robin is at... Oh, yeah, look look me up. Something like 8-Bit Show and Tell or Bedford LVL EXP. If they, if they search Robin Harbin on Twitter, will they find you? Maybe, yeah. If you can't do that, go to darrenfolds.com, hit the podcast button, go to darrenfolds.com slash podcast. You'll find our page. You'll find contact info there as well. We would like to hear from you. So for Robin Harbin, who's sitting on the chair by the window with the rain coming down, the lights came on for the last 30 seconds of the podcast. (laughs) I'm Darren Folds. Good night. Good night. Uh -uh, uh -uh, uh Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Sounds like you're urinating. Yeah, I'm taking a leak there. Oh, that was a long time to sit on the couch there, Darren. I gotta go. (laughs) All right. I'm stopping. It never gets old.